Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. It was a support group comprised solely of people who had been sued by my father. I had a number of experiences as a kid that registered as odd. I mean, do you have any fear about what you might eventually learn? And you will end up not only penniless, but emotionally bankrupt! (laughs) So... uh... In some ways, we're cowards in our lives. We started to get all these messages from people, a lurking concern, like, is there an aspect of who my dad was that I have? My dad had a um, sort of a command center set up that could um, that could accommodate close to 60 telephone lines. Yes. Oh, um, wow. Many of us like to think we know our parents. They're the first people we know and who know us, especially through our younger years of life. So it's a common experience to start seeing our parents with new eyes as we grow into adulthood, and for some, become parents ourselves. That process can be a positive and quite wonderful thing. For Danny Jacobs, who grew up in St. Louis, the story is different. Danny's father, Richard Jacobs, was a complicated man. And for Danny and other people close to his dad, that complication presented as obsession, harassment, manipulation, and the ever-present threat of a lawsuit. That journey is told in a new podcast, How to Destroy Everything. Here to talk about the podcast and the man at its center, we welcome the show's creators, Danny Jacobs and Darren Grodsky. Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. Well, it is a pleasure to be here, Elaine. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you for having us. So, Danny and Darren, uh, you've been working as writers and writing partners in the film industry for some time. You've made movies together, uh, and Danny, you've appeared in TV shows like The Mandalorian, American Crime Story, and others. But the two of you met as six-year-olds here in St. Louis. Uh, tell us how that happened and what it was like growing up here as kids. Uh, Darren. Sure. Well, boy, you're, you're taking me back to, uh, uh, to to my youth when I met this this fellow, Danny Jacobs. We Rep were we, scallion. This, oh, God. Yeah. The, I rue the day. I rue the day. No, uh, I mean, we were uh, students at uh, Belle Reve Elementary School uh, in Creve Corps. And, Go Roadrunners. Uh, uh, Roadrunners forever. And um, yeah, you know, Danny and I, I would say that we were drawn to each other. Um, I'd like to say it was because of our cool factor, but I think, in fact, it was because of our um, shared intellectual interests. Sure, sure. Am I, am I trying to couch the, the, the phrase nerd? Yeah, yeah. You can <laughs> okay. just say it. Um, so we were, we were drawn together, you know, along with a bunch of other friends from an early age. And, um, you know, we were friends all through the years. Um, and um, we had no idea that we were going to go on to become writing and directing partners, but... Um, the friendship uh, sustained through uh, through elementary school, junior high, high school, and even college. We went to different colleges, but ultimately reunited together in Los Angeles after college. Okay, so Danny, I mean, is that a 
an accurate reflection of what you remember? You know, what was it like to grow up here together? Great question. She's trying to pit us against each other. Am I right? I'm going to spill the beans. Am I accurate? <laughs> Darren is a liar. Oh, my God. Um, no, I mean, that's that's basically right. I mean, we, we met. I don't remember the exact day or moment that we met. No, it me was neither. It would have been somewhere in first grade. Um, and um, basically, as we were growing up, we, we started kind of um, partnering up almost immediately for, like, any academic group project essentially we would we and we would in particular we would um you know instead of just doing like a a paper or a presentation we would inevitably turn it into some kind of video filmic kind of thing where we would rip off mel brooks or or whomever um monty python um and uh and and so that in that way we developed our creative sensibilities together growing Mm -hmm. up well a part of that, the creative, is also what you have shared insofar as experience goes. And that brings us right to this podcast. Darren, for you, when you first met uh, Danny's father, do you remember what you thought of him? I mean, did you have any idea that he was the man um, that you were exploring in the podcast? Well, I mean, I think I must have been about six years old when I first met him. So I, I don't know that I, I mean, here, here's what I'll say. Um, my parents actually went to high school with Danny's dad. They all uh. graduated together from U-City. Uh, and so um, I think it was immediately clear to me, even as a kid, that Danny's dad was, let's say, different. Mm-hmm. And I remember my parents would describe him with the phrase that he's not all there. And that euphemism really like stayed with me as the kind of thing that um, now in retrospect, I realize we didn't have the language to talk about, um, you know, narcissism or, or any kind of mental illness, really, um, when I was a kid growing up, you know, in the 80s and 90s in St. Louis. But I mean, I definitely had a number of experiences as a kid that registered as odd. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, you know, at the same time, that was Danny's dad. And I just kind of took him at face value. And uh, I didn't really think a lot about it with a sense of judgment or, um, you know, concern for his mental health. I just said, well, he's, that's just his dad and he's, it's an odd situation. Well, and I think the other thing is, and Darren, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but like we were just talking about this the other day that when you're a kid, you don't, you know, I didn't really sort of spill the beans. I didn't really talk a lot about what was happening. Yeah. Danny and I never really talked about it, but you know, it would be the kind of thing where we we were in a bowling league together every Friday, Brunswick. <laughs> as on, cool on, kids. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> as cool kids. And and Danny's, I always knew when Danny was with his dad because his dad didn't park in a parking space in the parking lot. His dad would park up on the kind of sidewalk yeah. right in front of the bowling lane, bowling uh-huh. alley, like in front of the doors. That's where his car would be. Okay. And so I, I, I would just, you know, there's little things like that that I would talk about with my parents and be like, oh. Richard, uh, there he goes again. Yeah, it right. was that kind of an attitude. Okay, At which which bowling alley are we talking about? Is it still the around? Brunswick? It was. It would have been the Brunswick bowling alley. It used on to be called Olive. Brunswick Four Seasons. I yes. don't know what it is now. It's on. It, it was on Olive One Forty One. One Forty One. Ah, okay. I I know which. I think I know which one you're talking about. So yeah. I mean, Danny, with all of of that, I mean, what was it that made you, as an adult, want to investigate your father? Well, several things. Um, first of all, I, to be honest, it was, I, I needed, I didn't, a need is a strange word to say, but like I couldn't do this when he was alive. Um, I, sort of, I had to wait 
until he passed away, partly because of a fear that I would get sued, partly because of a fear that um, of just like the chaos that he might um, create in my life. But the the after that, the real motivation was that you know I'm a father now. I've got a six year old and a three year old, and as I am trying to process the trauma from my childhood and understand it. Um, it's taken on a greater importance as I've started to think about my own parenting and also, you know, a, a, a lurking concern, like, is there an aspect of who my dad was that I have? Is mm-hmm. there an aspect of who my dad was that, my, that, that is somewhere in my own children? And so it, it, it's really a, a, an urgent desire to kind of understand him and everything he was. Well, and something else that, that Danny and I have talked about a lot in this process and as we were diving in, because I mean, you know, I, I as his friend have had some concerns going into this, that this is going to be uh, not actually helpful for Danny, but also, uh, uh, but alternatively painful. Sure. And, um, uh, uh, you know, they, they aren't, those aren't mutually exclusive. No, no they are not. <laughs> but w- one question we both have as we, um, you know, we're, we're in the process of making the podcast. So this is as yet unresolved. But, you know, when we talk about his dad, and we have always talked about his dad as a person and as a character, a lot of it um, is negative. Obviously, there's a lot of pain there. But we wonder whether or not Danny, on some level, needs to find some empathy for his dad in mm-hmm. order to really heal. Uh, we don't. I don't know what the answer to that is, but it's a question that has, I think, driven us so far in this process. Mm-hmm. Now, you both are film guys, as we've been mm-hmm. talking about, and this podcast it includes some very vivid, dramatic recreations. Let's take a listen to one of those scenes. Uh, this dialogue is the very first thing we hear in the first episode, and it's you, Danny, reenacting a real conversation you once had with your then-fiancé and now-wife. Sorry, can we just go through it again? Sweetie, we've gone through it like a million times. I know, I know, I just... One more time, please, I'd feel better. Okay. Okay. When's your birthday? Change the subject. What's the name of your best friend from high school? Oh, gosh. I had so many, it's hard to pick just one. And where do you bank? You really think he'll ask that? (sighs) Honey, do you have any idea what will happen if you slip up here, if you give him one iota more than he needs? Well, yeah, you said he might, like, sleuth or whatever. But so what? No, 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 no. Not just sleuth, okay? I mean... You give him your birth date and phone number, and he'll find out your social security number. Next thing you know, he's opened up bank accounts in your name. He's buying real estate using your credit score. He's making photo collages, celebrating events he's not even supposed to know about. And and not just that. He's hacking into your phone, listening to our conversations, reading your emails, and, and for some ungodly reason, he's sending you jade plants every single day year for your birthday, and, and if, if, if and when you decide uh, to do something about any of this, if you decide enough is enough, and you ask him to back off, or, or, or God forbid you call the authorities, he will sue you into oblivion. As a lawyer, he will represent himself, forcing you to spend your life savings on attorneys, and in court, he will reference arcane British case law and, sub- and submit literally thousands of motions to delay and obstruct, and you will end up not only penniless, but emotionally bankrupt. So, uh, I'm going to ask you this again. Are you sure you're ready to meet my dad? 
Those are the voices of Danny Jacobs as himself and Roxanne Ortega as Danny's fiancée, now wife, as heard in the opening minutes of the new podcast, How to Destroy Everything. Danny, talk with us about that moment. Why did you decide to show us that scene in the opening of this podcast? Um, yeah, well, we, we we were looking for a way to try to introduce the... Um, breadth and scope of who my dad was um, that, that could be kind of encompassing um, of, of, of all the different ways that he would kind of wreak havoc. And that was based on a real um, uh, conversation that I had with my wife when I tried desperately to try to prepare her for the human that she was about to meet. Yes, um, I just just to chime in. I mean, sad to say, I wish that that were fictionalized, and the encounter that followed was as well. But no, mm-hmm. it's all it all really happened. Yeah. yeah. So we decided to start there because it, it really it really felt like and it felt like a way to, to to truly encapsulate him, and also to introduce sort of me as as sort of a um, a character, if you will, in this um, going, you know, going on this journey. Well, I think also, you know, you mentioned we're film guys. We're, you know, our our instincts are very narrative, generally speaking. And I mean, to you know, this is real life, but it is also a story we're telling. And Danny, frankly, is the protagonist of that story. I mean, I know his dad is kind of this uh, center of gravity, but um, it's really Danny's story. And and so I think meeting Danny at the top seeing you know it's it, he's you know he it's 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 like acting but it's not acting i mean mm-hmm. it, he really experienced this so feeling that real pain and frankly also just narratively when i hear that um we don't establish that it's his dad at the at the very beginning you hear this this litany of horrible things that sounds like i don't know someone could be in the mafia or something so, someone who's like incredibly monstrous and dangerous and then it it punctuates with you ready to meet my dad? I just think, like, narratively, for me, that that's the an interesting that, yeah. uh, way to be drawn in. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back very shortly to continue this conversation. This is St. Louis on the Air and St. Louis Public Radio. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. Welcome back. Now, we've been talking generally about your father, Richard Jacobs. Danny, what are some of the things that he did that led to destruction in his life? Ooh, uh, wow. Where do I, where do I begin? Um, um, so, you know, one of the things that we're going to be, we're going to be covering in the podcast, all the different areas of his life that essentially he destroyed from his career. Um, my dad was a, um, a lawyer in the Securities and Exchange Commission. Um, he got he got fired for accessing a classified database. He then got disbarred um, from uh, the Missouri Bar Association for stealing documents from a federal courthouse. Um, and then in terms of his marriage, I mean, 
and in, in, well, actually, in terms of litigation, when my a detail that we mentioned in the first episode of the podcast is when my mom um, finally separated from my dad, she got a call from a woman who was part of a support group in St. Louis. And it wasn't like a marriage support group. It was a support group comprised solely of people who had been sued by my father. Yes, the, this support group was active and uh, meeting on the regular. They apparently yep. had a newsletter. Um, it's a wild. And, and so through his, through litigation, he really kind of affected a whole lot of people in throughout the St. Louis region. Um, and th- then not to just mention, of, of course, you know, my family and mm-hmm. the the various ways, you know, he, after my parents got divorced um the um the child custody hearing went on for i I don't know a decade um and And danny's dad represented himself and uh you know did things like cross-examining danny his own son uh, on the witness day and and my mom actually you know she was sort of it was bleeding her dry in terms of finances so she switched careers to become a paralegal just so that she could do some of that work herself. So mm. just the concentric circles of destruction here are, are, are really, there's a lot of them. At the yeah. same time, I also, I have to add, um, th- there's a lot that's kind of remarkable on the other side about Danny's dad as well. You know, he won a U.S. Supreme Court case. In 1981. Uh, 1981, um, which we will get into as well. And in some ways was uh, truly, uh, you know, I don't know, a genius level. I mean, just like a remarkably intelligent man. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, sometimes when we're mining through all this material, uh, I, I'm struck by just what a what a tragic waste of talent and, and it, intellect and energy um, uh, his life was. And obviously, that's not to say anything for all of the destruction that he he wrought as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that both sides existing together, not in isolation, is what really makes this such a such a human and relatable sort of story, Mm -hmm. even if it is extraordinary in a lot of different respects. Now, episode one is now out. What has the reaction been to it? (laughs) It It's been fascinating, um, to be honest. Um, We put out that episode just, you know, just us sort of, and as well, I should say, the third kind of um, wheel of our team is is Joel Peisig, who is a producer and sound designer and editor on the on the project. Um, his his company Aileron Films is uh, is been really fantastic. Yes, we, yeah, we should, we 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 would be remiss to not say to mention that um, Danny and I. This is our first foray into podcasting. Mm-hmm. You know, we um, uh, this is not our medium, and so Joel is. Um, we're lucky to have him. Yeah, he's an incredible part of the team. Um, but so we, the three of us kind of put it out there, not knowing what to expect. And we started to get all these messages from people um, on Instagram. We also set up a, a, an email address, which is I know Richard Jacobs at gmail.com if anybody um, wants to reach out to us that way. And one of the messages that we got was from a 16-year-old girl who lives in my old house that my dad <laughs> lived in. Okay. And... And it led us down this whole road, which is going to start with uh, episode two, which which we're hoping to get out um, this Friday, mm-hmm. um, uh, that that explores my old neighborhood and all the na- all the original neighbors li- still live there. And so 
Yeah, um, we, ha- we, we ended up having quite a conversation with people in the neighborhood uh, in terms of their interactions with Danny's dad. But yeah. we're also hearing little things. You know, I had somebody reach out to me and was like, I saw your dad at Schnook's Grocery. The last time I saw your dad was at Schnook's Grocery, and he was just eating directly out of the salad bar. So, <laughs> And that, that makes sense. Yeah, that, that tracks. Sense. But it, be, yeah. even beyond that, you know, I've heard from people uh, in my extended family and beyond who are re- they didn't know Danny's dad, but they are relating to some of the stuff that Danny had to deal with. You know, uh, people, my sisters are hearing from friends, like I'm hearing from uh, people I haven't heard from in a long time who have stories of their parents or uncles or whatever who displayed some of the same narcissistic behavior that Danny's dad exhibited. Not exactly the same, but it's sort of shocking to me how far-reaching this kind of behavior is among people. Yeah. Well, and before the moment escapes us, that uh, Instagram message that you received um, that led to someone who's much too young to have known your father personally was someone who heard your podcast and you know lives in your childhood home, Danny. When we first moved in, all we thought was that we had just moved into a newly renovated house. Which was true. I'm sure you wouldn't even recognize the house now. But it was much more than that, and one thing they didn't renovate was the attic. My dad went up there for the first time when we moved in and found monitors and computers and wires lining the walls. Aluminum foil was everywhere. It was clear that Crazy Jacobs, the man we were told story after story about, was an extremely smart and sketchy man. Right now, I'm 20 minutes into your pilot episode, and I'm more intrigued than I have ever been. And that was the Instagram message sent by 16-year-old Chloe Lancaster to the creators of the podcast, How to Destroy Everything. The message was performed by the niece of your podcast's third producer-creator we talked about earlier, Joel Pysik. Now, um, Darren, the next episode... Uh, It's coming out very soon, and it focuses on your return uh, to Danny's childhood home. What can you share with us about that that isn't going to be in the episode itself? Um, Well, I can say, first of all, that the episode uh, got so... There was so much material that we got on that return, and in just sort of revisiting the house that it ends up being a two-part episode. Uh, mm-hmm. it, just, it just was larger than we could even fit into one episode. And I think that one of the revelations for me that I don't know that we'll get into in the podcast um, is just how much of a kind of uh, a center of gravity that house was in terms of Danny's dad's various pathologies and Danny's childhood trauma. Um, I mean, it really is... Um, you know, it's it, Danny's dad and mom bought it in the late seventies. Danny's dad lived there until, until he died. And it was kind of his, um, his, his, he tinkered with this house. He, as you'll, as you'll hear, kind of terrorized the neighbors and Danny was kind of a prisoner there. So it really was to walk back in that place now as an adult with all of that knowledge was a pretty emotional experience for me as well. Mm-hmm. I think one of the um, one of the little details maybe that we could share about that was that um, in the um, in the basement of of the house um, we learned that my dad had a um, had a sort of a command center set up that could um, that could accommodate 
close to 60 telephone lines. Yes. Oh, wow. Um, we're, we're not 100% sure what all of those might have been for, but he had wired it such that he would be able to use up to, up to 60 different telephones. That is, <laughs> imagine I mean, sort of old films and like a, a room full of operators, and yet it's just your your father it's just in him. the basement. Yeah. Yep. You know, Danny, whether you know it's film or real life or or podcasts, sometimes the destination isn't where you end up. I mean, do you yeah. have any fear about what you might eventually learn about your dad? Or is there anything that you, you know, as the grown-up Danny Jacobs who carries the kid, Danny Jacobs, with you? Like, anything that you're hoping to find? Mm. I mean, so to answer your question... That's a great question, by the way. (laughs) That's a fantastic question. (laughs) To answer your question, um, I mean, yes, I have fear. I mean, I I am terrified of of what we're doing. Um, I... I feel like I don't know where this is going. Um, I don't know how it's going to affect me. I don't know how it's going to affect my family. Um, I just know that, you know, I was saying to somebody recently that, like, for me, this podcast is how I have the courage to try to face all of this. I, I wouldn't be able to do this otherwise if I wasn't doing it in this form. And I know that that's a weird thing to say because I'm choosing to do it in this public way. But some, but for 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 us, for artists, that that is the way that gives us courage. Um, and so that that is what is fueling um, my bravery here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can say that as Danny's friend for literally decades, we have talked about and dug into this trauma through this podcast um, so much more than we, than we ever had before as <laughs> as friends that it's 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 almost comical to me I think Danny's right like as artists in some ways we're in some ways we're cowards in our lives like we, we <laughs> but but the art is what gives us the, uh, the the bravery to really examine ourselves and hopefully grow mm-hmm. and in terms of where it's gonna go I mean I don't know as Darren said I there's a part of me that kind of hopes that I find some empathy for my dad I don't know if that's gonna happen to be honest I, I don't I don't know, and that's that's both exciting for us as we're kind of putting this together in real time and also just, you know, one of the more terrifying things I've ever done. Danny Jacobs and Darren Grodsky are the creators of How to Destroy Everything, a new podcast that investigates Richard Jacobs, Danny's dad, and the ways Richard's manipulation of law and information affected the lives of people in his own family and the lives of many others. Darren and Danny, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much. Thank you. This episode was produced by Danny Wissentowski. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis on the Air proudly supports local artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you.
St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.